A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a new thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the new thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is new thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, and I'm here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. And we Greetings and hello. Great discussion today. Before we do the one today, can I go back to something we did last week? We were talking about medication. Mm-hmm. Okay. It just hit me as we were doing the transition from the before to here. I went to the doctor last week, and we kind of mentioned that. And I was having a little issue that was annoying Nothing really deep, but it was annoying, and it would be at the most annoying time. So when I went to the doctor, I asked for a medication, and the doctor looked at me really strange. Now, I don't see this guy very often, and I'm thinking, what the heck is wrong with him, right? This is something that I've had before. What can I have? And he was, you know, kind of skirting around, and he says, oh, well, okay, I'll give you the absolute lowest dose and... You know, if you don't like you change your mind, you can stop. Well, you don't have to tell me that. I'll, you know, do it anyway. But so, and he really had the most distant demeanor, and it was different for me. And I got in the car. I got the medication at the drugstore, and I said, okay, I'm not going to have to worry about this problem anymore. And then it dawned on me. I talked to him about spirituality, mental healing, you know, the whole new thought Ernest Holmes thing, you know, mm-hmm. and he was all into it, you know, and this was like three years ago. And then now I'm coming asking him for medicine. I thought that's why he was kind of bent because he was looking at the screen <laughs> <laughs> because he was so happy when I talked to him. I always say, you know, I'm going to do God talk. Is that OK with you? That's my line with people. Mm-hmm. And if it's not OK, I don't. He said, sure, I'm into that. And so we're talking, and I thought, that's what was wrong. Well, let me tell you about this medication. I haven't taken the top off of it. I thought, I can't take this. (laughs) I have been, (laughs) you know, I just had this belief that I didn't need it. And here I come like two years later because I'm frustrated. And the guy, like, he didn't remember. I know it was in his notes. And he was just looking at me. Well, maybe he did remember. Maybe you made that much of an impression oh, that you, well, you fell from the pedestal when you came back in and you asked for a pill. I know, but I said, listen, I'm climbing back up. You know, I put that stuff back <laughs> in the bag. I said, I'm not doing this. I just asked out of frustration. I'm done with it. And I can't wait to go back to him in August and show him my bag. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I didn't do that thing. But that's just like if somebody was listening last week, I thought that would be kind of funny, too. Well, that is kind of funny. I I mean, I do not subscribe to the classic Christian science that you cannot get any medical intervention. Everything needs to be done through prayer. Because as Ernest Holmes pointed out, there is power in the prayer and power in the pill. And we use whichever one happens to be appropriate. Your story is not particularly surprising. Because 
one of the things that happens in consciousness is, you know, we're going through this process and we do the prayer and we, you know, that we're inviting in that new experience and it's taken longer than we want it to. And then out of frustration, we go to the doctor and say, what can you do? And they say, oh, we can do this. And what that does is it tells you what the medical profession or pharma or whoever has in mind for this particular situation. And on a subconscious level, it also says this can be treated. There is a way to go past this particular situation and get back to that experience, health and wholeness. And sometimes that's all we need is the reminder that it's possible. And then our consciousness and our belief can take over without ever having to take a pill. The story that you're telling of going and seeing the doctor, getting the prescription, filling the prescription, and then never opening it is a really common story around my house. Hmm. There are dozens of prescriptions that have gone out of date without ever having been opened because just by going through this process, somehow they, they get better. Glad to hear that. Glad to hear that it's not a unique situation because I was, you know, a little bit fussy about it. But then I thought, you know what? Don't stress it. This is not what you want to do. Roll the bag back up and <laughs> that's it. And you also now know that you have it. So consciousness can do its work. And if something happens with consciousness, then you've still got the bag yeah. with the stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's working. Well, I'm a lifelong, lifelong believer in, you know, faith healing and belief healing, mental, all that stuff. So when I read it with Ernest Holmes, I said, oh, well, then I'm not so weird. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So you want to know what the thing was for this week? Yes. Now that we've finished up on last week, let us continue yeah. to this week. Okay. So here's what I found in cyberspace that was written to me. We should rejoice in all things, but where does the strength come from to rejoice during a tragic situation? So I'm kicking that to you. Okay. Completely realistic and reasonable question, because it's easy, as I have often said, to see God on a beautiful spring day, mm -hmm. not so much in the middle of a hurricane in the eye of the hurricane or with the tornado about to blow the house to pieces. Much more difficult to see the glory and grace and love of God in those particular circumstances. And it doesn't mean that God isn't present. I mean, everything is an unfolding of something new. <laughs> the way that nature has of clearing off the debris is those things that we call catastrophes. And on a personal level, yes, absolutely catastrophic. And I'm not going to minimize any of that stuff. The way that galaxies come into being is through huge galactic explosions. The way that stars come into being is by a black hole imploding or exploding or two other stars crashing together. Pretty violent, pretty violent. I don't want to be in the neighborhood when that happens. And that said, I'm pretty glad that it happened sometime in the past around here because I find that big ball of light up in the sky to be helpful <laughs> for, <laughs> for life and for the things that I'm involved in. So when we're rejoicing in all things and we're looking at how can I rejoice in a catastrophe, what I think we get to do is look at the label catastrophe and how personally we're taking it. Now, when something catastrophic is happening to me, I get really bent around the edges about it. <laughs> and I can see that in the big picture, the fact that these things can happen means that there's the possibility of them happening to me. And sometimes on a huge grand scale, I get swept up with what's going on with everybody else who's in the area. I was remarking to somebody a couple of weeks ago 
that living here in the Philadelphia area and in, in the Northeast, we don't have nearly the level of calamities that other parts of the country has. I lived in Florida and I was there for Hurricane Andrew and hurricanes are a big deal here. You know, when Irene came through, that was a big deal. And when Superstorm Sandy came through, that was a big deal. But for the most part, they're not nearly as big a deal here as they are routinely in places like New Orleans or Houston. Wildfires and mudslides and earthquakes and stuff out west, tornadoes in the Midwest. Those things are so commonplace that they get associated with the place. And here I am living in a part of the country that doesn't have that very often. So I'm not catastrophe proof, but it's the lifestyle and the location and geography makes me less susceptible to those sorts of catastrophes. And right after I said that, I got an alert on my phone that had been very dry. So now there was a wildfire warning. So if something gets ignited, everything's going to go up. I was like, really? <laughs> Did I call that in on myself? So when you started to speak, I can't quote you directly, but I caught something that the catastrophe that we're going through, it's personal, probably more than likely it's personal. But in the big picture, there can be, it's not as big, but also there can be some positivity in it or surrounding it or emerging through it. Yeah. Sometimes not taking stuff personally is really difficult because everything that happens to us happens to us personally. And being objective and circumspect about the tragedies that are going on in my family or my relationship or on my block or in my neighborhood is sometimes a real challenge. And that's always the unfoldment of something new. That's how something new is coming into being. When it happens to somebody else, I can feel really sad or upset that there's a, a war going on in Ukraine and there are people being killed and history being destroyed. And I feel really sad about it. If that was happening in my town, I would feel worse about it. You know, is it a worse catastrophe because it's not in my neighborhood? I don't think so. But it's certainly more personal for me. So when it's hard to locate your emotions, stabilize your emotions in a personally tragic situation. And we've all been there. But the Bible says in all things, we're supposed to rejoice. And that's very difficult. I mean, it takes a lot of mental control to do that. Our emotions are not obedient <laughs> to our mental thinking sometimes. So when something's happening and it's tragic and it's hurting us, the only way I can think about rejoicing is in the possible outcome in the future. Like, you know what I mean? It's like I have to pull in the possibilities of what may be coming from that and try to live that now because when I'm living in this moment, it's not working. The rejoicing thing is not working. Right. And that has to do in a lot of ways. I sometimes describe this as being the classic three-act structure, you know, in a drama or an adventure or whatever, where in the first act, you get to know all the characters and you kind of get to like them. In the second act, everything goes sideways. It becomes horrible. That's where Darth Vader is going to win. And everybody's going to be vanquished and dumped in the pit of oil or acid or whatever it is. And then the third act is where it resolves. And having gone through the difficulties and the tragedies and the challenges in the second act, we get the characters we met in the beginning to their level of success, where they beat the bad guys or they fall in love or happily ever after, whatever that is. And living in the second act sucks. Mm -hmm. It is awful to be in a second act because it's just all that bad stuff. That's what keeps waking us up at three o'clock in the morning, upset and fretting. 
But without the second act, the third act is impossible. Yeah. So in all things, rejoice in all things means there's a third act on the way. And mm. even though I can't see it yet, there's a third act on the way. Damn it. <laughs> well, wait a minute. <laughs> That's where it feels a little good because, you know, when you're down, you think, well, there's no way I could go but up. Right. I'm down as far as I can go right now. So, you know, there's no way up or right. no way forward. But there's a book that Napoleon Hill, at least they have his name on it. It's Conversations with the Devil. That's such an interesting book because, and I wish that I had really thought about it more because I could quote it better, but it talks about when there's a negative, bad thing that's happening, then there's an equal good thing. And it kind of goes along with equal and equal opposite, you know, thing that's going to happen. So if you can just like take a deep breath and hold it, you know, some good is going to come. Right. The darkness before the dawn. And by the way, just following up on one thing that you said is, you know, people say, well, it couldn't possibly get any worse. It's like, don't ever say that because this is an infinite universe. And yeah, it can. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it can. But I'm ready to have been at the bottom and let's turn this one around. Let's take a break and continue talking about rejoicing in all things. Get inspiration in an instant. God calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now as you. It's your God call with Reverend Bill. Start your two-week free trial today and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Reverend Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun. Let your light shine. You can answer the call to listen to it live or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just $5.95 a month. The details are at godcall.org. God calls are disruptive, intentionally. Whenever you write something, put on a gold star. They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time. Magic is loose in the world. It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, and here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. And We're rejoicing. We're rejoicing in all things, even though we sometimes don't feel like rejoicing in some things. Yeah, yeah. So you're talking about the conversations with the devil? Yes. Okay, well, that's an interesting notion, because, you know, on the one hand, you know, the devil is bad, and some of us will insist that there's actually no such thing as a devil. But by golly, if there were a devil, I'd want to have the conversation because running away and hiding is probably not going to help. Exactly. I highly recommend the book. It doesn't suggest that there's a devil. It's just a neat way of bringing forward some points. And it's kind of amusing. But in the rejoicing part, for me personally, the only way I can do it is to look at what my expectations of what will be. Mm Mm-hmm and hang out there. That's the only way I make it, you know? I mean, (laughs) because when you said, don't say it can't be worse, when you're in it, it feels like there's nothing worse. 
you right. know, this is like the worst whatever, you know. I had three children and labor you think is the worst until down the road you have some other surgery and you think, oh, okay, wait a minute, this has got to be worse. And just in that scenario, and I kind of use it with everyone, I'll set a date that I see myself. And I know that by this date, this will be over. And I have to just get through whatever this is, you know, get busy or whatever. But by this date, I'll be over. And, you know, this is a funny example. I shared with you last week that I had knee replacement surgery like years and years back. And they have all these rules. You can't go out. You can't what kind of surface you can walk on and blah, blah, blah. And I had it in April and the pain was just ridiculous. But I said, by July, I will be in the mall and I will be buying my new jogging suit that will fit. <laughs> and I just saw myself in the mall doing this. So when July came, you know, my sons were coming over helping me out. And so my younger son, I said, could you take me to the mall? Now, I didn't tell him that I wasn't supposed to walk on that surface. But <laughs> I told myself I was supposed to be at this mall and there's concrete between the mall floor, which is more giving and whatever. So I did. And I got home and my daughter told him and he just looked at me with the biggest eyes, you know, like, Mom, why you do this to me? You know, you weren't supposed to be out there. And the only thing I could say was, it's July. It's and July. July. And I'm supposed to be well. And that's it. And you seem to still be perambulating now. So it wasn't the, whatever damage you did wasn't permanent. Uh, I was careful, but July was the date. July was <laughs> so, the date. You hold right. that in mind and what you want to do. And that's a wonderful reminder that when we zoom out, when we change the perspective, instead of being completely engrossed in what's going on right now, you know, even with the hurricane bearing down, we have no idea what's going to happen as the hurricane blows through. We know that in two days, the hurricane will be gone. And in six months, we will have cleaned up most of the damage, or at least figured out how to organize whatever the damage happens to be. It's really difficult to think through that far as it's barreling ashore, because there's still a lot of details that we still don't know. We don't know exactly how catastrophic this is going to wind up having been. But doing the zoom out, looking at the bigger picture, yeah, this continues. Yeah. And as you were speaking, I was thinking that it's just a habit for me. So maybe, you know, you can make it a habit. I mean... Tragedy and life itself can feel overwhelming, but I have little things. I call them tips or tricks or things that I do to get through whatever might come, you know, like I'm not tragedy proof or anything like that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I've been on the planet long enough to have a few tricks that still work most of the time. Well, I was talking to somebody whose heart was just totally broken and you know, here I go. I said, listen, the broken heart is a broken heart. It hurts, you know, and mm -hmm. more than likely, you probably don't want to go back to a situation that might cause it to break again. But what you can do is pick a date, maybe three months out, and you'll feel a little better. Maybe your heart will still be broken, but it won't hurt as bad. Mm -hmm. So think about what you can do, you know, I don't want to date anymore. Okay, fine. Well, just in three months, say you're going to date somebody. Just go out with a friend or something. But pick a time and live in that yeah. time. Not going to date anybody for three months and then revisit in three months. Yeah. You can still stretch it out another three months if you want to. Then. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, this is something that a lot of times we'll do when we're doing that zoom out is 
if you go to a really long time frame, like within 200 years, in less than 200 years, everybody who is within the sound of my voice now will have died. Yes. Sorry. I hope I'm not spoiling the surprise for anybody. Chances are pretty good, 100 years. But I don't know how young some of the people who are listening might be, and I don't want to take anything away from anybody. I think 200 is pretty safe. With that in mind, and knowing that the universe is 14 billion years old already, it's a pretty short little time window that we're around anyhow. And that's where everything is going on. So are we distracted from the big picture by the stuff that's going on right here in our living room? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, that's the way the system is rigged. That's the way it's set up. Of course, that's what has our attention. That's what we're involved in. That's what we're engaged in. So it's completely reasonable. And it's not the whole truth. Yes, exactly. It's not the whole truth. We get to be aware of the bigger truth that's going on, the bigger picture, and allow that to inform our thoughts and our actions, our feelings and our beliefs, because we don't have to get completely wrapped up in what's going on right here, right now. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I think there's some merit to even trying to find the bigger picture or imagine what the bigger picture is, or try to you know, just stepping outside of yourself, your house, or this, what else is going on? And I'm not talking about what else is going on in the world, but in the total idea of humanity and humanity unfolding, what might be happening? And make it personal to me in this situation. Mm. What might I be learning that I'm going to need three months from now? or six months from now, and maybe I could get a head start on it. You know, it just gives us something to hold on to aside from the pain and the disappointment. You know, like you said, life happens. Some of the happenings aren't really cool, but... They happen. Yeah. Stuff happens. Yeah. Let's take another break, and when we come back, we will do a prayer, and this will be a zoom-out prayer where we get to address everything that's going on in the universe and let it put our particular circumstance in perspective. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, and I'm here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. We're going to do a prayer today, yeah. And the prayer is in keeping with the rejoice in all things, even if the things, and I will use the spiritual term, sucketh. (laughs) The current circumstance is not to our satisfaction or to our liking. 
this particular prayer is a reminder that there is something bigger going on and we can use it for inviting in some perspective to open our awareness to that possibility that maybe there's something that's good in the midst of all of the suckethness. So whatever the circumstances is, and you can bring something to mind that has been a particular challenge for you. Maybe it's something that's brand new. Maybe it's something that's been festering for quite a while. A situation that has been less than satisfactory. And take that into your awareness, not because it's a controlling factor, not because that's all there is, but because that observation, that viewpoint, that perspective gives us a starting point. So go ahead and close your eyes to that and only do this if you're in a position where it's safe to do so. Close your eyes to the world around you. Close your eyes to all of the details and all of the specifics of the circumstance and the situation that has been challenging so that we can open our inner eye and become aware of the bigger picture. Take a deep, full breath. Let yourself be filled with a brand new possibility. As you breathe out, surrender. Let go of any attachment that you have to the way things have been, to the circumstance as it has been experienced or described up until now. And let go of any projection that you have about it staying the same. As you continue breathing, breathe at whatever pace is comfortable for you, allowing yourself to be filled with something brand new in every breath, allowing yourself to release and surrender whatever has come in that up until now. That breath that was perfectly satisfactory and just a moment ago has served its purpose. It's now time to let it go and make room for something new. Be aware of your situation, your circumstance, your physical location right now, wherever you're sitting, whatever you're doing, wherever you are. Be aware of the ground beneath you. There is substance beneath you, a column of earth 4,000 miles tall down to the very center of the earth. And down is a different direction for everyone. Somebody who's in a different state or a different country, a different part of the world, down feels exactly the same to them as it feels to you, but it's different because they're all pointing from the surface of a sphere down to the center. Feel the space that's around you, the room that's around your seat, the building that's around your room, the sky that's above the building, the clouds and the atmosphere that are above the sky, and into space, out past the gravitational pull of planet Earth, out past the edges of our solar system. Allow your awareness to expand out into neighboring solar systems, deep into our galaxy, to the edges of our galaxy. See our galaxy as one entity rather than billions of stars. See other galaxies, billions of other galaxies. Get that perspective where you can zoom out to the point where you're seeing all of the billions and billions of galaxies that have existed for billions and billions of years. And take another breath into that. And being aware of that infinite creation, that divine universe, understanding that it's all created by one creative power, that one divine source that shares itself, its substance and its energy, its intelligence, its love as and through and in every part of its creation, everything in this manifest universe, everything in all of these billions of galaxies is God's love taking specific and particular form. Now allow your awareness to zoom back in, past the billions of galaxies into our own galaxy, past the billions of stars into our own solar system, past the outer planets, into the orbit of the moon, down towards the atmosphere, down towards the surface, back to planet Earth, 
to this seat, to this place, to this moment, right here and right now, and invite the awareness of the immensity of this universe with all of the richness and detail that's going on everywhere to bring you a new perspective, a new peace of mind on the good that's available. This is an infinite universe, and each one listening is a divine and perfect expression of that divine love taking our own particular form. Everything that's available anywhere is available everywhere and is available right here and right now to and through and for and as each of us. So love and goodness is available now. Transformation and healing is available now. Freshness and newness and that experience beyond the limitations, the challenges, the difficulties of the current circumstance are available. It's all possible. And so I claim it. I invite that infinite creative power that has created galaxies, that has created everything, to create this next new experience, this experience of transformation as we move beyond the challenge, as we move beyond the circumstance. Tragic, though it might be. Catastrophic, though it might be. It is a current circumstance. And we know that that infinite creative power that creates everything can create something new and fresh beyond it. So we turn our attention to the good. We open ourselves to that good. We release any doubt or hesitation or belief that it can't possibly happen for us and open to that newness. I invite that good on behalf of each one who is listening. And I know that that creative law that always responds is already responding. I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for the law. I'm grateful for the awareness. I'm grateful to be able to speak this word of intention. I'm grateful for the good, for the transformation, for the newness that's already on the way. And so with gratitude for this good, I speak this word and I release it into that creative law that has always said yes. And I know with absolute certainty that it once again is saying yes. And so I let it be. And so it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org.